Welcome to episode 553 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada, and even though I'm still suffering the symptoms of COVID, and one of them is that I have no smell and no taste at all. That's not exactly true because after this week when I saw that Stern Pinball is arbitrarily raising the price of Batman and Elvira by 500 bucks, that left a bad taste in my mouth and it smelled like a bunch of BS. We're going to talk about that on episode 553 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We're also going to talk about Guns N' Roses Collector's Editions. They have been landing inside people's homes. And if you haven't gone to that thread, it is like watching an artistic masterpiece being unboxed. We're going to talk about those unboxing pictures that we've seen this week. And we're also just going to talk about a few other things happening in the pinball world, okay? Now, before I get going, I do want to say thank you to a few people because this past weekend, as Brenda and I get ready to welcome the baby boy into the world, the future of pinball podcasting, we had a virtual baby shower for my beautiful wife, and I did end up putting, after my Saturday morning spectacular, I put up a very simple registry list for our baby registry on our Facebook page for Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I do want to say very, very thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much to some people out there who actually went and got some items off of our baby registry. And I'm talking about Jennifer Chen, Ryan Wood, Kelly Daniel, John Elric from Jack Bar, and Carl Strode. Thank you so much for being so generous and contributing to Baby Canada, the Baby Canada Baby Registry, even though Canada will not be his name. I also, before I get into this episode, I want to say thank you to someone who sent me an email that I was not expecting. Now, I open up my Canada Pinball Gmail account, and I got a really nice note from Bruce Nightingale over at Slam Tilt Pinball Podcast. I want to read you what Bruce wrote to Chris. He said, Dear Chris, I know we haven't always seen eye to eye in this hobby, but I'd like to say congratulations to you and Brenda on the addition about to join your family. I heard you got COVID and I hope you feel better soon. May we both have many more years of pinball podcasting fun ahead of us. Sincerely, Bruce Nightingale. Now, I just want to say this. I know that we've had back and forths, Bruce and I, but I just want to say thank you so much, Bruce, for reaching out. I know it's like twippy voting season and there's a lot of battling it out between different people and personalities. And I, I Bruce said something on a recent show. He said, you know, when you do a pinball podcast, you got to do it for fun and it should be fun and it should be something you enjoy doing. And there's a lot of shows that have popped up over the last year or two, but shows like Slam Tilt, these guys have been doing it for years. Like, talk about being able to go four or five years or more doing a pinball podcast and still enjoying it to this day. And I think that's what counts the most. It doesn't matter how many trophies you have on a shelf. What really matters is that year in and year out, you continue to bring pinball enjoyment and content for people for free. So Bruce, you and Ron have a great show. I've always been a big fan of Slam Tilt. So thank you so much for that note. Okay, let's jump right into it because the things I want to talk about are this. I want to talk about pricing and pinball. And it's something I've been speaking about for the entire duration of Canada's Pinball Podcast. But you must be living under a rock recently if you haven't noticed some of the incredible increases in pinball prices going on. Some of them are going on by manufacturers. 
Some of them are just happening in the secondhand market because demand for this hobby is going through the roof. You know, even basic items like toppers and translates are starting to go through the roof. We're gonna talk about those, but I wanna start with Stern Pinball's decision to basically arbitrarily increase the price of Batman 66 and Elvira and charge $500 more for the game without giving customers anything more for the money. Now, I just wanna say this, I don't like this move. I don't, and here's why, because the other part of this thing is if you ordered either one of those games for the original price that was set on each machine, I think it was like $7,999. If you ordered it for that price, Stern is not honoring that price. Distributors are telling their customers that you can either get a refund or you can transfer the money over to another title. But if you want either Batman or Elvira, you have to pony up 500 more dollars. Now, I know some of you out there are Stern fanboys. I know some of you out there will cheerlead every move Stern makes. How can you, with a straight face, tell any of us in this pinball hobby why we should have to pay more and get nothing in return? Nothing. I mean, you are basically tacking on $500. That is the price of a PlayStation 5. It's the price of an Xbox Series X. It's the price of many goods that are out there in the world, and you are literally getting nothing for it. Why the price increase? How do you even begin to speculate why Stern is doing this other than pure greed? Someone was telling me on Facebook, well, Stern's going to start to charge more for games that are more complex to make, that they simply don't want to make these games that have more in them. And I'm looking at both Elvira and Batman and saying, these are not complex, hard to manufacture games. We are not going to spend $500 in a premium because it's harder to make these games. And don't forget that both Batman and Elvira already come at a premium price. There are no pro versions of these games. We're talking about two games that already carry a stern premium price tag, and now they are charging more, $500 more. Now, look, I think this is a lame move. I think it's pathetic. I think the only thing you can do is if you see something like this as a consumer, I think there comes a point when you should put your foot down and say enough is enough already, Stern. We're not going to stand by and let you charge us $1,000 for toppers. We're not going to stand by and let you arbitrarily increase the price of games simply because there might be a demand for it. But this is what they're going to do. And can you blame them? I know I have that Stern podcast that was like, how can we blame Stern for doing this stuff? Because as long as they make $1,000 toppers that look like garbage that sell out, they're going to keep doing this. As long as they get people to spend $15,000 on a piece of couch, they're going to keep doing this. As long as people run after every single new LE that Stern puts into the marketplace, they're going to keep doing this. And Stern's not only looking at how customers are responding to what Stern does, Stern must also be looking at the secondhand market in the pinball world and watching these people buy Ghostbuster toppers for $2,500. Let me repeat that. Ghostbusters toppers and Kiss toppers are currently now selling for over $2,000 a pop. 
So if you're Stern Pinball and you're watching these people spend crazy amounts of money on things like toppers that you know, if you're Stern, you know these things only cost you a few hundred bucks at most, not even. I mean, you look at that Ghostbusters topper and that Kiss topper, and you can't tell me that both of those toppers, the cost for Stern to make those toppers must be around a hundred dollars. So they're watching this stuff fly fly off the shelves in the secondhand market and they must be telling themselves we're not even near the ceiling what if we said we're only going to make 300 more elviras could we jack up the price by a thousand dollars who's to say stern's not going to do a two thousand dollar last call sale like it's not even a sale it's a last call opportunity and they can continue to do this, and my fear is this, I know there are so many of you out there that are stern apologists that are just gonna say, Chris, who cares, it's rich men and their money, just let them decide whether or not they wanna go in on it. And while you might be correct, the fear that I have in this hobby is that we're continuing to see prices go up and quality go down. And we're starting to see prices increase without consumers demanding more under the glass. And I don't know how anyone can be in this hobby and be a fan of seeing the way the prices are going. And this was Stern's move. Like this wasn't some flipper. This wasn't some scalper. The greatest thing Stern has done over the last couple of years, and they fooled all of you. They have fooled everybody. Stern is now flipping its own product. Let me repeat that. Stern has baked in to the price of its own product, the flipper price. And by that, I mean they are making a sale and making tons of profit on the game. And then they're jacking the price up arbitrarily on all these games. A Stern LE is not worth $9,200. It's still not even really worth $8,000. And you know that. But what did they do? They saw people buying $8,000 LEs and selling them for $9,000. They saw that happening left and right. So what did Stern do? They basically baked in that price into now the price of every single Stern LE. So they are basically double dipping in the market and you all are helping them do that. I mean that. And I am so tired of seeing two pinball machines. You see two Stern LE machines side by side. And if you were to add a topper to each of those machines, you're telling me now, how did we get to this point? I mean this, how did we get to the point in the pinball hobby in which two Stern LEs with all of their accessories side by side is now over $20,000. Two pinball machines, new in box from Stern with accessories is over $20,000. And you're telling me that this hobby hasn't jumped the shark in a way? That this hobby hasn't reached a level of ridiculousness? There used to be a point in which you could get Lord of the Rings from Stern Pinball with all of those features for $3,700. Two fully featured machines. You could get Lord of the Rings. Look at what's in that game. And you could get Simpsons Pinball Party. Look at what's in that game compared to these modern games, compared to Led Zeppelin, compared to all these new games coming out that are pretty barren. You can get those two games with everything they had in them for around seven to $8,000 for two beautiful full-featured Stern machines. Now, here we are in 2021, and two Stern fully-featured machines that are decked out are over $20,000. Can we just like drop the mic and say, what the hell happened in pinball? When did it come to this? 
When did it reach this fever pitch where we are starting to think that these crazy prices are normal? Now, speaking of $20,000 machines, let's talk about Guns N' Roses Collector's Editions. And let's talk about the phenomenon that's happening right now, which is people who bought this game with the sole purpose to flip it are now revealing themselves to the world. They're coming out of the woodwork. And look, I am not here to tell you that this should be banned or illegal. It is what it is. If you buy a product, you own it. You can then sell it for whatever you want. I am never gonna be a pinball podcaster that says we should take away people's right to do what they wanna do with the very goods or services they buy or acquire with their hard-earned money. So if you got in on a $12,500 collector's edition of GNR, it is within your right to flip that machine for whatever you want. Now, do I think that's cool? Do I condone that behavior? I will say with all the people that got locked out of buying a collector's edition, to go in on one at the very beginning, knowing that all you wanted to do was make a profit, yes, you are going to be looked at as a lesser citizen within the pinball hobby. People will look at you like you're a little bit of a scumbag, that you took a machine away from someone who really wanted it. You stole the candy from the grown adult who really would have enjoyed it. Now, I would not go in on a machine like GNRCE solely to make a buck. I would go in on it to enjoy it because as I've said before, I do think this game is a masterpiece. I do think this is a game that's gonna be bolted to the floors of many, many people. But I am very curious looking at the secondhand market of Guns N' Roses Collector's Editions. Now, there are a few people out there that have listed a CE for sale. Now, how much do you think people are asking for Guns N' Roses Collector's Editions? We have three people on Pinside that are willing to sell their game. One of them is $20,000 or best offer. Another one was $19,000 or best offer. And there was a third one that got listed today for $18,500. Now, you see what's happening here. Someone listed for $20,000. Then someone comes in and listed for $19,000. Then someone comes in and listed for $18,500. This is what's happening. These flippers are actually doing a good service for those of you out there who want to get a collector's edition. This behavior is driving the price of the game down. It's not driving it up. And even though people are starting to unbox it and you could have your game in the next few weeks, the reality is this, 500 games at $12,500, that is the most amount of collector's editions that Jersey Jack Pinball has ever made. Everybody knows they did not make 500 Willy Wonkas. The demand was not there. Willy Wonka CEs are still sitting in box and they're not sold. So there is still a lot more supply of Willy Wonka CEs than there is demand. There's obviously right now more demand for Pirates of the Caribbean CE than there is supply. And that is why we are seeing Pirates of the Caribbean CEs go for anywhere from $18,000 to $20,000. There are two Pirates of the Caribbean CEs for sale right now today on Pinside, $20,000 and $21,000 I think are the prices. And they've been sitting there for a very, very, very long time. Because I do think there's something about spending $20,000 on a single pinball machine. You know, even if that machine is better than two Stern LEs combined, 
I think most of us out there just have a very hard time justifying that any pinball machine, and I mean this, any pinball machine could ever justify being $20,000 for a few reasons. No machine is that much fun. No experience on a pinball machine is ever worth $20,000, okay? The other thing is there's nowhere for the price to go but down. So if you invest in a $20,000 pinball machine, you're gonna have a really hard time getting out of that one day and not losing your shirt. The other part is once you admit to spending $20,000 on a game, I think it has a reverse effect because someone was saying this like, oh yeah, people who buy the Ghostbusters topper, they're flexing their money. But people who flex their money, they also don't wanna flex that they're stupid. And when you spend almost double what something sold for a year ago, you are not saying to the world, look how great I am, look how smart I am, no you're actually showcasing to most people you have more money than brains. And I think you have to look no further than nobody, and I mean this, nobody out there flexes that they own an Elvira Signature Edition. Why don't any of those 50 owners ever reveal themselves? Because they do not want to get ridiculed that they spent $5,000 on a piece of couch. It's the same way if you bought a Pirates machine for $21, thousand dollars are you really gonna flex with that now look if you have money and money's no object and that makes you happy by all means go buy it I, life is short people life is very very short don't listen to Canada if something brings you happiness and the distance between your happiness and the thing that you want to get is $21,000 and you have millions of dollars in the bank, by all means, go get it. Now, don't go get it though if $21,000 is a lot of money to you. You should not have a significant amount of your life savings tied up in pinball machines. I'm sorry, you just shouldn't. So back to Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, this was my favorite thing when I read this. The reason why I love when people try to spin the fact that they're being a flipper and they're doing something they know that's not going to be popular. Listen to this for sale thread from Vivid Psychosis in Chesterfield, Virginia. He writes the following. I am looking to sell my Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. I currently have an LE, which I was going to swap out, but am willing to entertain the idea to keep it if someone wants the CE now. Let's stop right there. Vivid Psychosis, you know a lot of people want the CE right now. You know that, like, come on. Like, what kind of rhetorical question is that? Then he goes on to say, the game arrives tomorrow, 12-13. Well, that can't be accurate. How does it arrive on 12-13? <laughs> so it's either gotta be, I think he meant to say like 1-13. Game will be sold new in box. If I don't receive an offer to buy with deposit by the time it arrives from shipping, it will no longer be for sale in all caps. So just think about that for a moment. He's basically creating his own fear of missing out on his own flip of a pinball machine. He's saying, if this game gets into my house before it sells, I'm keeping it. I mean, what what is wrong with people these days? Like, why do we have to spin these ridiculous sales tactics? Why can't you just say, the game's for sale, it's 18.5 firm? 
Like, what is with this, like, sense of urgency the moment this pin crosses the threshold of my door? It is mine. It will not be yours. But if you want it, you can spend $6,000 more than I did for the right to keep it from my possession. I, I love this. He goes on to say, here is your one chance to have this incredible sold-out CE version of a machine in which all versions are sold out indefinitely in your house tomorrow night. Your one chance. Well, it's not a one chance. There are other CEs out there. And then he writes, willing to accept 18.5 firm or trade for Pirates Collector's Edition. Pick up in Richmond VA only or set up shipping, yada, yada, yada. All right, so look, we're going to see a lot more of this, more posts like this. We have not seen a confirmed sale of a Guns N' Roses CE from anyone yet. I have not seen that it went for 16 or 17 or 18 or or kept it out of Vivid Psychosis's house. By tomorrow, he's got to sell it or else it's your one chance to get it this week. Here's my advice for everybody out there. And this is coming from Canada, and I'm not being a hypocrite. Don't fall for these sleazy sales tactics. Don't fall for it. Don't try to fall for this fear of missing out on a Guns N' Roses collector's edition. There are 500 of them out in the world. They are going to pop up for sale. There are going to be many new inbox ones that pop up for sale. And over the next few months, I'm telling you right now, what is going to happen is this. The prices of these games are going to settle for probably around fifteen dollars to $16,000. If you were to ask me, I think that is where these will settle. I think that's going to be the case for a few reasons. One, there's 500 of them. They are not nearly as rare as people think. There are 300 more GNRCEs than Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, just think about that. 300 more. And they're already starting at twelve five. So there's that. I think the game is a masterpiece, but the game is also not nearly as fully featured as Pirates of the Caribbean. The reason why Pirates of the Caribbean is going for prices around $18,000 is they are never going to make it again. The game has got so much in it. It is way more mechanically fully featured than Guns N' Roses. It's a wide body. It's also Eric Minier's first game, and it's going to be a game in which there are no more than 1,000 Pirates of the Caribbean ever made in the world. Already, the supply of pirates will always be super limited. We are never going to say that about Guns N' Roses. They are going to sell thousands of Guns N' Roses LEs. Thousands. There are 500 CEs out there, and there are going to be, I think, 10% of people who bought the CE in the first six months are going to be flippers. They're going to be scalpers. They're going to be distributors who held one back to see what the market is. You're going to see that. So you're going to see, like, I wouldn't be shocked if we see around 50 games go up for sale for various prices and at various times. So you don't have to fall victim to this, get it now, your one chance to get it at 18 firm. To me, I read a post like this, and I think he's trying to get someone to give up their pirate CE. I would never, ever, ever, ever give up a Pirates of the Caribbean collector's edition for a Guns N' Roses collector's edition simply by doing the math. It's going to be much easier down the road to get yourself another GNR CE than it will be ever to get a pirate CE. 
So if you have a pirate CE, I would just hold on to it and not accept this trade. Now, most people who are in on Jersey Jack CEs are in on every CE. I've noticed that when I see people's collections, they tend to have all of the creme de la cremes of Jersey Jack games. So I think a lot of GNR CE owners also already own a Pirates CE. But I don't think either one of these games, and I mean this, and we all had so many opportunities to buy Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition, those things sat in boxes at distributors for an entire year, and nobody wanted them. It was sitting at automated for eight months. They had multiple boxes of Pirates CE and nobody bought them. And just because they announced they're never making it again, now everybody's saying it's a must-have game. Now everybody's saying it's the greatest game of all time. Now everybody feels this FOMO. But nothing has changed about the game. When you had all of those opportunities to play the game, at shows and jump on pirates on location, so many of us said, it's not a game I want to own. And this doesn't change it. And if you simply give up this FOMO and you let go of this ridiculous notion that having a pinball machine is, is your way of flexing how important you are in the world, you'll be much better off. Because for me personally, the reason why I feel no desire to own a Pirates of the Caribbean is simply because it's not a theme I care that much about, and it's not a game that I think has good theme integration at all. If I love those movies, I still walk away from playing that game feeling like none of the humor and none of the stuff I love about the Pirates of the Caribbean movie comes through in the game. It just doesn't. All of Captain Jack Sparrow humor is what drives that franchise, and it's found nowhere in the game. Now, I get it. You guys who love the game, who love the experience, who want to pick 22 characters and all their different attributes and how deep the game is, great. But you know what I'm saying is this game didn't change. What changed was... The supply of it. What changed was the FOMO. What changed was the marketplace around it. But that still doesn't change the game for me. So for me, I love Guns N' Roses. I love the band. And my GNRCE will never be for sale. It just will never be for sale. Now let's talk about the unboxings of these machines. So here's the thing about these unboxings. It kind of was driving me crazy. First and foremost, when I saw this machine in someone's home, it was a glorious moment. I mean, I know it took them three months, but as I said, it would be worth the wait. And I think everyone who's looking at this game is realizing that this might be the nicest pinball masterpiece we've seen in the last decade. It might be one of the nicest pinball packages of all time. And I think universally, everyone feels that way when they see the game. And I think people who are unboxing it and actually experiencing the game are realizing that this pinball machine is really special, it's really unique, and it just creates a pinball experience like no other. We've, we've talked enough about it. Now, what's killing me is this though, is this game has like 600 RGB LEDs and nobody who's unboxed this machine has actually taken a video of showing all the lights in this game going off in, in a room. I mean, I don't want to just see the playfield lights. I want to see what those under cabinet lights are doing, the lights on the back of the back box, 
I want to see this whole thing going in crazy CE fashion. I want to see how the coma ball lock works, but we're not getting any videos. It's like these guys are just like unboxing it and putting it in the room, but let us see all of that glory. Can someone please do that? And I want to see all of the lights. So here was like the ridiculous part of the Guns N' Roses unboxings of the collector's editions. So one of the coolest features is the topper. It's that sound bar that you get that only the CE gets. It makes the game 50% louder. So Jersey Jack sends the first allotment of CEs out to customers and they forget to put the cables in the box that allow you to hook up that topper. Jersey Jack, you are no longer a brand new company. How the hell did you guys forget to include the necessary cables for people who unbox their masterpieces to hook everything up on day one? Now, I know it's a tiny little error, but it's still so annoying. And all of you out there know what I'm talking about. On the first day you have everything opened up, you want the entire experience to happen without any issues. And it's just frustrating. People were saying it was taking them longer to try to figure out how to hook up the topper than the entire machine itself. I heard from them that they realized the mistake. They will include the cables, obviously, in all games moving forward. And I want to say this. Look, making all 500 collector's editions at once is the right move. I know that LE people now have to wait a little bit longer. But here's the real thing. Jersey Jack Pinball needs two lines. They need to have two lines constantly running at all times. It's clear that nobody really wants the SE of GNR. Jersey Jack Pinball needs to stop with the Pro Edition. They need to stop making the base level model of these games. The games are underwhelming. The games look barren. There's no point. You make a premium product, Jersey Jack, stop making the Pro version of the game. I know that's a Pat Lawler decision. I know that's you trying to break into the operator market. You're not for operators. You are the Bentley and Bugatti of pinball. Everybody feels that way. Stern Pinball is the Hertz of pinball. They make games for the masses. Stern Pinball is the kind of thing where it's like a rent-a-car. I don't want to see Jersey Jack Pinball at Hertz. You shouldn't be able to go see a Jersey Jack at a rent-a-car location. And that's what the SC feels like. I didn't like it in Wonka, even though Wonka had a little bit more in it. But GNR SC is just a big mistake. It's a waste of time making those. I think Jersey Jack needs two lines. If Jersey Jack had two lines, it would be such a different company because one line should be constantly making GNR LEs, nonstop GNR LEs. Then you have your second line that makes your CEs at the same time. And here's what they could do if they had two lines like this and, and line one was just constantly cranking out LEs. How awesome would it be in six months if line number two switched over to maybe a small run of Pirates? or line two switched over to another run of maybe Willy Wonka's depending on demand. You see what I'm saying? It's like they need to be able to make two games at once because ultimately this company is going to have to be able to make Guns N' Roses and Toy Story at the same time. But they've got to be able to make both those games at the same time at volume. If Jersey Jack can't get over this manufacturing hump, and it really comes down to this, this company needs to be able to make quantity of two machines at once of different machines and they've never been able to do it 
They really have never been able to do it. And it's what's going to kill them in the future because you can't just make GNR for the next two years and then announce Toy Story and not have the ability to make it at volume because people don't want to wait like 18 months to get a game if they order that game on day one. And I think Toy Story is going to be another hit. I think they need to grow to the point where two lines are going efficiently throughout the year. And that'll be great for everybody. It'll be a win-win for everybody. But that's my final advice for all you guys out there. If you want a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition, just wait. The prices are going to come down. These games are masterpieces. I really do think if you bought this game, it's going to be the kind of game you want to hold on for the rest of your life. Because if you flip it for a profit, and I mean this, let's say you flip Guns N' Roses for $6,000 more than you paid. How far is that $6,000 going to get you in life? How fast are you going to spend that money on other stuff? And then if you want to go get another GNR CE, it's going to cost you that much to go get it. And I really do believe that GNR CE is a special game. I think it looks phenomenal. I think 10 years from now, when we start to look at all of the special machines that came out of this second heyday of pinball, I think Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition is going to be at the top of that list or near the top of that list on some of the few games that are going to go down as masterpieces that have stood the test of time. And I really do feel that way. Now, a few pieces that we forgot to mention. One is, how is the playfield quality? Now, we don't know for sure that the playfields have been fixed. The games are shipping with clear plastic washers underneath the sling post. Now, I don't love seeing that because it shows me that they're still implementing a preventative measure to try to keep pooling from happening around those posts. My question is, what would happen if you remove those washers? Would it pool? Would it not? Now, I also am not one of these people that like is so annoyed by this. I mean, whatever, they're there. If these things hold up and don't pool around the washers, then I will say that Mirko has done its job and people have games that have quality play fields. Time will tell. We will see how these Guns N' Roses play fields hold up over time. The other thing I'm hearing from owners is that you need to switch out the rubbers, that you should put in Titan rubbers on your game, that the gameplay is significantly improved if you switch in Titan rubbers. And so I plan to do that on my Guns N' Roses CE. I plan to put in purple Titan rubbers, especially on the flippers. I saw people put green ones on that also look good. But purple to me seems like the right color to go here. Why Jersey Jack Pinball doesn't give you better pinball rubbers on their games is beyond me. I don't understand it. Come on, Jersey Jack. Give us Titan rubbers from the factory. You know they're better. What else is going on in pinball? So I talked to Dave Peck, you know, my friend who's in on Araza, and I asked him to hit up Deep Root and asked them if they would share any images they might have of manufacturing anything, anything he could get his hands on now that he had a deposit on Araza. And the response he got from Deep Root was that Robert made the decision not to share any imagery or videos of manufacturing. Okay. So that is the official response from Deep Root. You are not going to see any manufacturing between now and the day in which you get your game. So all of you deposit people will be in the dark on the one thing that needs to take place for you to get your games. I want to say this, you know, as I think about Deep Root saying that these games are going to be $13,000 and people who got them early got a discount at $9,000. When I see people spending this money on toppers, and I see people spending tons of money on mods. And I see Stern jacking the prices up. 
I almost feel like Deep Root didn't really need to do as much as they did. I mean this. I feel like Deep Root could have been successful if they just put a working Raza in a standard cabinet with beautiful artwork. I think two years ago, you take away the pin bar. I think two years ago, they could have started to sell Razas as it is without a pin bar and been completely fine. I actually think they would have had no problem selling two to 300 games if they had the wraparound artwork like they do. And think about the pin bar. Like, do you really need it there? I just feel like everything that's on that pin bar could have been done on the back box LCD. You could have used the flipper buttons to make your selection quickly. We've seen every single pinball machine throughout history utilize a screen like that, especially when it comes to selecting things. I get why they did it. I get why they wanted to have some different technology and innovation to separate them from what's going on in the pinball world. I just don't think it was worth it. I don't think people are going in on this because of that technology. And I don't think anything I've seen in terms of the videos of how that technology is implemented is making the pinball experience that much better. That justifies five years of R&D to get to this point. And that's my point is all you really need is a pinball machine in a box, you show it to people, you tell them how much it's gonna cost, and where this hobby is at right now. There is so much demand for anything new pinball related that if you just have a working game that's fully featured, I do think you're going to get a few hundred people to come in as customers. What do you think? Do you think Deep Root would have been successful if they left out the pin bar and just made this game in a normal cabinet? You could have the back box be a little bit different, but what do you think? Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com. I want to know if you think that the pin bar was necessary for Deep Root or they could have been in market two years ago and caught this wave as COVID and people pent up in their homes are dropping so much coin on pinball machines. And here they are, you know, still trying to get this game into a box and, and into people's homes. All right, let's call it a wrap. It's, it's, I'm still sick. I'm still not back. You can hear it in my voice. I'm still not 100%. I'm still not 100%. I'm super excited to get you guys my top 10 pinball themes that were never made that should have been made. It's going to be a really fun podcast. I'm just waiting for some of my energy to return because I don't want to do it sounding fatigued and sounding tired. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 553 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We'll be back shortly with more shows. Stay healthy. Stay happy. It's a new year, but it still feels a lot like last year. It really does. I can't wait until I can see all of you again at shows and I can go out there and play pinball safely without any masks on or gloves and we can just hang out and have beers and talk pinball. Everybody have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 